peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good of Genesis is crazy interesting and with that said and without further ado let's get into this all right we left off last time in Genesis 15 and verse 6 I believe let me look at my notes yeah so we're gonna pick up in verse 7 and he said unto him I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit. So I try not to I try not to build doctrine off of definitions. Um, I read a lot of definitions and I read the meanings of some names and I don't try to build doctrine off of that. Some people do. And I I think you can you can definitely. go into error doing that. That doesn't mean that that there's not things seen in the meaning of names. And I just wanted to let that be known because it's it's easy to read something and try to build doctrine out of something without really taking the whole Bible into account. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up. But now with that being said, when you look at names and you look at meanings, these things do have significance. When you take those names and those meanings and then take the the broader picture of the Bible and the whole Bible in account, you do begin to see some things. So that name Ur means flame. Um, That name called Dees. Let me see, because I didn't write this in my notes. The Hebrew word there is Kazdi, and it was transliterated call D's and that name means Claude breakers. Now I was like, Claude, what is Claude? I've never heard that word before. That word Claude is a hard lump of earth of any kind, a mass of earth cohering a lump or mass of metal turf, the ground, that which is earthly base and vile. A dull, gross, stupid fellow, adult, anything concreted. Very interesting. Again, I don't build doctrine off of definitions, but sometimes when you look at these definitions and take the greater picture of the Bible and and things we find throughout the Bible, we can definitely see things um, in the meanings of of these names and places. They're not irrelevant. Uh, Verse eight. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? So Abraham is like, yo, I want some assurance. I want to know. We all want that at at certain points. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting assurance. And I believe God does provide assurance. Not sometimes, most oftentimes, not in a way we think. 
but God definitely does provide assurance. Uh, verse nine. And he said unto him, take me and a heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Now I want to show you something that I kind of thought when I, when I was reading this, because human nature is human nature is what it is. Now peep what Abraham does. Abraham really. So the Bible shows several things. The Bible shows Abraham's faithfulness and it also shows his flaws. And the, and, and, and the book of Genesis is consistent, very consistent with this. Um, verse 10. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. Now, I want you to think about this. If this was anyone else like, OK, so put yourself in Abraham's shoes. God just told you in verse nine. And he said, take a heifer of three years, a she goat of three years, a ram of three years and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. What's the first thing many of us would do? One of the first rules of following instructions is listen. The second rule is follow instructions. What we would have done if we would we would have taken those things and offered a burnt offering to God. Did God tell Abraham to do that? Nah, he said, and he said unto him, take me an heifer of three years old, a she goat of three years old, a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Abraham did exactly what God told him to do. This dude was listening. He was he was definitely paying attention to what God was saying. Now, he wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't without flaw. And the Bible's going to show even that in this very instant. In verse 11. And when the files came down upon the carcass, Abraham drove them away. So Abraham's driving away the files, you know, probably vultures or uh, whatever, you know, file trying to come down and eat the carcasses. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham and lo, and a horror of great darkness fell upon him. That word um, horror means an excessive degree of fear or painful emotion, which makes a person tremble, terror, a uh, a shuddering with fear. Abraham, this is one of Abraham's flaws. Abraham was a very fearful person. He doubted. He trusted God. The Bible says he believed God, but Abraham had doubts and he was a fearful person. You can even see that when you go back to verse one uh, of, of Genesis 15. And after and after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Why do you think God told Abram to fear not? Clearly, Abraham, Abram had some fears. So again, we see that Abram wasn't a perfect man. He had his faults. He trusted God. He believed God. The Bible says that. But he definitely was fearful. He had his faults and God had to assure him again in the same chapter. Uh, verse 13 through 16. And he said unto Abram, know of surety 
that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterward shall they come out of out with great substance and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace thou shalt be buried in a good old age but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full now there's some that try to argue that that this is pertaining to black people and slavery I've heard those arguments I could I could deep dive into that suffice it to say that is not biblically accurate it, it is just not if you actually read these verses you read what's being said and you look at what the Bible says you know through the book of Genesis the book of um, Exodus Deuteronomy Leviticus you'll see how this was fulfilled this was not referring to black people and slavery that's just not accurate but here's something that's interesting God told Abraham gather up these animals Abraham did that. Abraham fell asleep. Uh, great horror fell upon him. I don't know if this was a nightmare um, or what it was, but a great horror fell upon him. God, uh, uh, Abram, Abram wanted assurance of God's promise. What did God do to give Abram assurance of that promise? His word. God's word. And he said unto Abram, know of a surety. God is saying, this is my word. Be sure of this. I want to show something in the book of Hebrews. Uh, let me get there. The book of Hebrews chapter uh, six, verse 13 through 20. All right. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for when verily uh, for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel. God's counsel is immutable, unmovable, unchangeable, accurate, 100% confirmed by his own word confirmed it by an oath right so god's word is unchanging immutable immovable and he confirmed his own word by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for god to lie let, let's let that sink in one of my favorite verses in the bible 
was uh is is numbers 23 19 god is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent hath he said it and shall he not do it hath he spoken and shall he not make it good god will not lie it is impossible in which it is impossible for god to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which endureth unto uh into that within the veil wherefore the forerunner uh is for us entered even jesus made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. abraham wanted assurance god gave him that assurance his word i think i think in many ways the the body of christ has been influenced by mysticism miracles are things God does miracles. God works miracles. But what we have to remember is our confidence and our trust is in God, not things. We walk by faith, not by sight. God made promises. God's word is immutable, unchangeable, 100% accurate, 100% true. This is the assurance he gave Abram. This is the sign he gave Abram. He's showing Abram, you know how you can trust what I said? Because I said it. That's how. And then we go on to verse 18. And in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying unto, um, oh, verse 17. I almost forgot about this. Um, and it came to pass when the sun went down. And it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. What pieces? The the animals that God had Abraham gather up. So God had Abraham gather up these animals. God took care of them. God took care to sacrifice. Abraham didn't have to do anything. Let that sink in. And the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, uh, the river Euphrates, the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. God holding it down, showing Abraham, this is what I'm giving you. You know why you can believe my word? Because I said it. I'm unchangeable, immutable. I cannot lie. God is perfect. God gave his word. His word can be trusted. And this is what he was showing Abraham. And we're going to see this play out later on. We're going to see we're going we're going to see Abraham have to put his faith to the test. God says something, you believe it. Period, because God's word is immutable and we're going to see 
that Abraham took God at his word later on. It's, it's pretty amazing how all this comes together. Look, God's word is unchanging. If God, if God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. Now, that's an earthly saying, right? And it, it's, it's hard sometimes to it's hard sometimes to bring these things down to earthly terms. I mean, I'm being honest with you. I, I thought about a verse again, and I've quoted this verse a lot going through these portions of scripture. The Bible says he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Think about what that means. When when Moses was going to free the children of Israel, he said, who who am I going to tell him sent me? God said, tell them I am. Sent sent you. The Lord Jesus Christ said before Abraham was, I am. You have to consider the weight of these statements. And when you consider the weight of those statements, then you consider what the book of Hebrews is saying, he that cometh to God must believe first that he is. God is not bound by time. God is not bound by any of the laws of nature. God created these things. God simply is. That's heavy. That's real heavy. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.